More costly living protests took place across the country on Saturday, including one in Sligo Town. The protests uh, have been organised by the Cost of Living uh, Coalition involving members of Sinn Féin and People Before Profit, uh, certain independent TDs across the country and community groups as well, as well as uh, union representatives. Um, They want the government to take radical action regarding energy prices, the cost of food, increasing rent prices and so forth. Now, eight protests took place in Dublin alone on Saturday with protests in nine other counties including Sligo as I say however yet again the turnout at the Sligo protest has been the focus of much of the commentary on social media Uh, it's estimated around 150 took to the streets of Sligo on Saturday to to protest and demonstrate. On the line one of the organisers of the Sligo event Brian O'Boyle of the People Before Profit Party. Brian good morning to you and and, and thanks for joining us. Does turnout matter on days like this or not? Or? Well, look, I think uh, turnout does matter, obviously. Um, what I would say is, is that you're right. There was about 150 people in Sligo, and there was, I think it was 30 protests across the country of varying sizes. Now, if you added them all up, they weren't close to the um, sort of 20,000 people who were protesting in Dublin on the first day. And so, you know, people may have felt that they've made the initial point. They may feel that the government's um, big package uh, keeps them tied over. But most economists, most commentators would say we're early in the winter at the moment. Um, The really cold weather hasn't bitten yet. There has been some support from the state. And as we go through the winter, we would expect, and not that we're kind of, you know, hoping for, but we would expect that people are going to suffer more. And I think it's important that we have a progressive, grounded civil society campaign in place to argue for what we know are very popular demands. Because, you know, you can say that the turnout was relatively modest, and that's fair enough. Mm -hmm. But you would also say, and I think it's also fair enough to say, that the you know the, the parties involved have increased in popularity. Sinn Féin people before profit are higher in the polls than they were before. The yeah. general sense in the country is that the government haven't done a very good job. You know their poll ratings are fairly low. So whilst people haven't taken the step to, to protest en masse, I would argue that there was plenty of cars deep in their horns in support of the protest. Mm. But well, is, 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 yeah. is that a sense of frustration for you as an organiser of these protests? I mean, you're not getting the numbers locally maybe that you got during the water charges protest. Well, it's a funny one. You know, I remember actually uh, myself and, and Shamie O'Boyle, <laughs> uh, we went up to a meeting in, in Dublin one time about sort of maybe six months before the water charges campaign had started. And there's only about 25 people in the room, and we were saying to ourselves, does this mean it won't have energy, you know? And at the end of the day, you know, you don't know what will actually uh, motivate the public in the end, you know? We, we, you know? There's no point in denying that you don't, you don't know what will actually eventually motivate people. But um, what I would say is, is that if you look at the demands, right, you're talking about... Um, a living wage. Now, we know that there's a, a growing proportion of Irish people who are the working poor. So mm. that demand is going to be a popular demand, right? We also have the idea of having rent controls in a society where we've had a 10-year uh, housing crisis. We also have a demand that people um, don't have to choose between eating and heating. I'm not sure if you've read recently, but it's kind of a relatively common thing you see in the papers now that about one in five kids are going to school hungry. So to my mind, there's a moral obligation of, on, on members of society who don't, after all, as you know, we don't have a big um, platform. We're not in the parliament every day. We don't get, you know, on the news all that often. So it's important that uh, we take the avenues we have available to us, and that is organising a grassroots movement. 
Now, will that movement, uh, you know, mushroom into a big, big movement? I don't know if it will or it won't, but I have a feeling that as the winter goes along, as the bills start to come mm. in and they're bigger, because obviously people are not using their heating as much at the moment, as Christmas and the cost of Christmas comes along, unfortunately, I think more and more families are going to be really, really struggling. We know there are more and more calls into the likes of um, Vincent de Paul and so on. You know, Social Justice Ireland would say that they know that there's a lot more, um, you know, and it's a lot of anxiety as well, isn't it? It's not just about the Yeah, you referred to it a minute ago yourself. Is, is there a sense, do you think, that, that people were happy with the government's response to the cost of living crisis and the one-off measures which were contained in the budget? Maybe the vast majority of people are, are happy with a lot at the present time. Well, I mean, there's two ways to answer that question, you know. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd be humble enough to not know how everybody is thinking about the response, except that in the in the polls, the, you know, the, the, the subsequent polls that have been done, Sinn Féin are way out in front. People before profits poll ratings have gone up. And the government party's poll ratings have either stagnated or gone slightly down. So, to my mind, it's not that people are happy with the government, I would say. It's that we haven't managed yet to motivate a bigger number of people out onto the streets, right? So that is a challenge, and we'll see where that goes. But I wouldn't dismiss the importance of a grassroots movement. That is, as you said yourself, I mean, just this week we got Forza, one of the country's biggest trade unions, uh, to, to sign up to it. On Saturday, for example, we had uh, the, you know, the president of Mandate addressing the, uh, the, the, the crowd outside um, the, the GPO. We have important grassroots organisations that are coming on board now as well. So, you know, what is what is happening, I think, is that the, the, the groundwork for a movement that will probably mushroom after Christmas is being laid now. That's what I think, if you're asking mm. me what I think will happen. But I can't, you know, I mean, I'm not going to yeah. say that that's definitely going to happen. All right. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay, you, you made reference earlier, Brian, to, to, to popular demands. Uh, are these realistic mm-hmm. demands, do you think, in the eyes of government? I what think so. I mean, the, the point would be, right, if we were living in, in a poor, if the country was poor, right, if the country was poor, you'd say, OK. But I, I actually think that, you know, if you go back and look now at how we look at the Magdalene Laundries, we look at sort of dark episodes and that are maybe 40, 50 years ago now, and we say, how do we allow that to happen? I think allowing one in five kids to go into school hungry is, is not a million miles from that. Because you've, you've felt that yourself. Like, if you stop for a minute with the kind of, the you know, the statistics and think about the experience of being hungry in school, the the undermining of somebody's ability to learn. I mean, those are to me things that this society shouldn't be should be shameful of. The, particularly the leaders of this society. And so, to my mind, that would be bad enough. But we then read recently that there are twelve percent of households in Ireland are now millionaires. There's vast wealth in this country. The central bank, as I said to you the last time you had me on. Uh, recently had a report that said when you add in people's household wealth, in other words, their, their property assets, there's more than a, 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 what is it, sorry, I'm losing track, there's more than a trillion worth of assets mm. in this state now. That's the first time ever, you know. So to, for me, we have two Ireland's. Like we have an Ireland of vast wealth and vast privilege and vast power. And then you have a big group in the middle who are, you know, struggling along. And then you have, sorry, so three Ireland's and then a group at the bottom which is increasing in size, and there's a lot of people in it, maybe over a million people, who are already feeling the real, real effect of the cost of living crisis. And it's actually a cost of capitalism crisis because, you know, wealth has been sucked up towards the top. I mean, just take the nurses. The nurses are protesting and they're, they're, they're going on strike right across the continent now. Isn't it an amazing thing that nurses have to protest that they're not getting paid enough to live 
when they just got us out of the COVID crisis. So, you know, to my mind, we have to stand up for more progressive values. And I'm very happy that there are trade unions, grassroots groups, political parties, all standing together, arguing for a more progressive message. And look, let's hope, from my perspective and from our perspective, that that will chime with people and we'll get people bigger numbers on the streets. But it will also lay down a marker that there are progressive forces in society and that can only be a good thing as we move forward. All right, OK. A very final question from a listener. Mm. It's not the first time you've, you've heard this uh, point being put to you, I'm sure, Brian. And this person says, mm-hmm. people are realistically worried about the cost of living and rising inflation, but they're also mm. sick of listening to the parties mm. of the left constantly scaring people, scaring people sorry, with negative commentary on every issue. Realistic answers to the issues is what's needed, not just the usual everything is terrible rhetoric. How would you respond to yeah. a comment like that? But I, I'm not saying things are, everything is terrible. First of all, I'm saying it's great that we have progressive voices. I mean, there, you know, actually think left wing politics is about is about hope. It's about saying we can do better than this. It's not about sort of running down ordinary people. It's about saying that people who make big contributions to society through their work, through their creativity. They should be entitled to live without all the anxiety that comes with poverty. They should be able to live in a society where the wealth is not so unequally held that people's life chances are affected by it. So, I mean, to my mind, I would never apologize for arguing for a better society, for a society that actually has more hope, more solidarity, more equality, more justice. That's not a negative. That's a positive. We're arguing for positive values. But unfortunately, to get those values, you have to challenge the un, you know, the injustices and the inequalities that are created by the society we live in. And so we're not critiquing or challenging people, we're challenging the system that makes life harder for people. 